I have to say that if you feel that I'm more or less in a hypnotic state right now, it's because sitting at the presider's chair and just naturally looking piously out the window, I can see the whirly-twirly ride, and it's just going round and round and round like that. And I thought, now this is a new experience. I'd like to share with you an experience that I had a long time ago. It was in the, well, the 1990s. And I had just leased a brand new car, and it was a cool car for me. It was kind of sporty. You had to kind of pour yourself into the car as opposed to being able to sit in there naturally. And it had a sunroof. So I was going to take care of that car and keep it in pristine condition. And I was successful for about a month. Then it was time for me to meet a couple to go golfing at a local course in Dubuque. Now, there was rain in the forecast, but golfers, does that really stop you? A little bit of rain, thunder, you can wait out the lightning, right? So off I went without calling or without consulting the weather forecast, the most contemporary, contemporaneous one. So as I was driving into the golf course in Dubuque, I saw some very odd golf balls. They were really big, the size of baseballs. And I thought, what kind of course is this? I've golfed here before. And you know what those baseball things were? Hail. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, i got to get out of here right now. You have kind of like that fright and flight. And so that's what I did. And as I was driving out, the baseballs turned into softball size hail. And it's like, oh. So there's a, I knew the streets around the golf course, so I pulled in, and I pulled underneath a tree, which you're not supposed to do. But I did, because I thought, how am I going to shield this car from all the softballs that are going to land on it? And, you know, I had a few. One cracked the windshield, didn't crack my sacred sunroof, though, and then put lots of dents in the car. So when the storm was over, I hobbled back home in this poor little car. And, you know, I learned a few lessons that day. Number one, do pay attention to the weather forecast. Number two, if the sky looks copper blue, go the other way and take shelter. Because that was telling me there was hail in them, their clouds. And number three, and this is what we'll reflect on, Really, if we think about it, nothing stays in pristine condition, does it? I mean, I'm 61, and boy, if I thought it was going to be pristine, I would be mistaken, you know? It's your body ages, and we have all kinds of experiences in our lives that sometimes are harmful to us, sometimes are great, sometimes scandalize us, sometimes harm us, sometimes wound us, all of that. When we're born, that's probably about the most pristine condition we're going to be in. And then we live life, and you have, even, even our younger students, you've lived life, and you know that everything isn't perfect, and you know that you're not perfect, 
and that there are some wounds that we have along the way. And when we think about all of this imperfection, by the way, you know, open up the newspaper, listen for two seconds, the newscast, and you'll hear about war Ukraine, you'll hear polarization, you'll hear violence, gun shootings, even in a church in Ames just the other day. We know that there's a lot of things that can wound and do, wound people, and sometimes those wounds are deep. So we're not going to be pristine. And you know, neither were the disciples in the gospel. Deacon Casey proclaimed the gospel, and in, it's, it's St. John's version of Pentecost. So Jesus was appearing to the disciples right after he rose from the dead, but in the evening, and it was Pentecost. And those guys were in the upper room, and you know why. Remember that they were scared because they thought they were going to be crucified next, but also those guys had some baggage that they carried with them. You know, they were the ones who were going to stick with Jesus through thick and thin. We're going to be there with you. What do they do? They denied him and took off. Most of them did. And so they were bearing that wound as well, a bit of denial rather, of their master and of their friend. And so all of a sudden Jesus comes and appears to them. And you know what they thought was going to happen? Now, they're, they're acting out of their woundedness. You know what they thought was going to happen? Kapow! He was going to lay him flat, chew him out or do whatever, because they had denied him. But what did Jesus do? You heard. The first thing he said to them was, peace be with you. Whoa, wait, 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 wait. Think about that. Peace be with you. And implied in that is that, especially when he showed the, his hands and his sides, the wounds, right? The wounds. Implied is that, is that I've gone to my cross and I've taken your wounds. I've taken your sins with me. And I've died for them. And now I've conquered them and I've risen from the dead. And you know what? You're okay. I'm okay with you. Peace be with you. See, Jesus knocked down the walls. He knocked down the barriers that happen because we're not in pristine condition, that happen because of the storms of life, that happen when we metaphorically get hailed on in our own lives, that happen because we sin. And the basis of all of our wounds is sin, that we're imperfect, we've been wounded by original sin, and we need help. We just need help. That's all there's to it. And he said, peace be with you. I'm here not only to help, but I'm here to heal you. I'm here to restore you. You might be like that old Cadillac or that car of mine that's all dented up, but you know what? I'm going to pound those dents out. I'm going to heal you, and primarily through forgiveness. See, that's why he breathed on the disciples and said, hey, receive this, receive this Spirit, the Holy Spirit, but receive everything that I've done through my death and my resurrection, and I want you to go out and share it with everybody. 
use the gift, use the gift of the Spirit to take my death and resurrection to the world. And there's lots of ways we do that, but primarily here, as we heard about it, it's through the forgiveness of sins. To seek forgiveness and to help people to find forgiveness. Because when those wounds are healed through forgiveness, we're different. We might remember, but we are different. Now, here's the deal, though. Here's the deal. Sometimes we can live our lives to think, this can't happen to me. It's not really possible. The wounds I have are too deep. Memories are too bad. And so, so it, it might be, watch the air quotes, easier to live in this woundedness, to live in this, this corrupted, pristine kind of state, state in our lives. And we can kind of convince ourselves that that's the way, it's, just, it's always going to be this way, and I'm just going to have to tough it out. And I'm going to live by the toxicity of those wounds that influence the way I think about myself and others, how I be, relate to myself and others, can even influence the way you think and relate to God. But, but Pentecost, Pentecost is saying, no, you don't. No, you don't have to live that way. God knows us perfectly through and through, so he knows what's up in our lives. He knows what has wounded us. He knows the sins in our lives. And he says, I see you, and I'm not condemning you. I want to bring you life. So, so receive it. Through the gift of my Holy Spirit that breathes new life in you through forgiveness. Remember that sequence that we, saw, that we sang? There's some favorite parts of mine. I don't know if you have any, but there's some of my favorite parts. What is it? Uh, he, oh, yeah, the Holy Spirit melts hearts. <laughs> He melts the iciness in our hearts. He warms the chill. You know, just think about some of the experiences that aren't so great that we've had in our lives, and it's pretty cold as opposed to warm. He warms the chill, and, and, and he directs and, and redirects our lives if we're receptive to it. You know, it might be over a period of time as opposed to just like that, we Americans like that, just like that stuff. But, but God works in different ways. And sometimes it's gradually because the healing is deeper that way, is more thorough, if you will. It's more complete than if it was just like that. The Spirit breathes life into you as we seek forgiveness, as we seek healing. The Holy Spirit is the serious, serious business. We not, might not be able to comprehend or see the Spirit like the Father or the Son, but man does the Spirit work. And sometimes we see it only in the rearview mirror, but we're going to know it in our hearts. Believe. Believe in what Christ has bestowed. Live in that as opposed to the wounds and what your wounds tell you. 
through the experiences that you've had. See, this cross and resurrection of Jesus is complete. It's not kind of like a little bit here for you, a little bit here for you. No, it's all and everything. Everything he did for each and every one of us. So I don't know about you, but let's pray. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Renew our hearts and bring us the grace and mercy that Christ won for us through his cross and resurrection. You're not going to be pristine. You might be an older model, but you know what? You're going to be all right. And more so when the Spirit is right here in your heart.